journey to the red sea part two of narrative of the operations and recent discoveries in egypt and nubia by giovanni belzoni this librivox recording is in the public domain on the thirtieth we set off early bent our course to the south-southwest and passed through several valleys towards a very high mountain called zubara a name given to it in consequence of the emeralds which have been found there at the foot of this mountain about fifty men were encamped and at work in the old mines of the ancients in hopes of finding some of the precious stones but it appeared that their predecessors had searched pretty well before they quitted their works these unfortunate wretches received a supply of provisions from the nile but sometimes it did not arrive in due time and a great famine of course prevailed among them there were two small wells not more than half a day's journey distance and one of them had a tolerably good quantity of water their work had commenced about six months before but had been attended with no success the mines or excavations of the ancients were all choked up with the rubbish of the upper part that had fallen in and the labour to remove this rubbish was great for the holes were very small scarcely capable of containing the body of a man crawling like a chameleon they were all thoroughly tired of their situation and cursed the being who had caused them to be sacrificed in these deserts destitute of all the common necessaries of life they rose several times against their leaders and in one instance two of them were killed on the day we were there one of the poor wretches nearly fell a victim to the avaricious caprice of their powerful employer as he was penetrating into one of the holes part of the roof fell down upon him and not only cut off his retreat but nearly killed him on the spot he was fortunately taken out alive but it did not give much encouragement to the rest we contrived to acquire all the information we could about our expedition and received very favourable accounts of it with some additional hopes respecting the old town in question which according to these people was only six hours distant south from us and at six hours more there was a fountain of water the sea was only six hours distant from the town of which we hoped to have a fine view before night we went to see the entrance into the mines they were something like the common tombs at gournou cut in the rock but i observed that the cavities were made so as to follow the veins of mica and marble and had been carried to a great distance into the bowels of the mountain till they found the emeralds there are a great number of mines all over this mountain and the rubbish taken out of them which is scattered about gives an idea of the amazing works of the ancients the excavations are not carried on in any regular direction sometimes they are in an inclined plane of various angles at other times they are perpendicular or horizontal as the mica runs i was told by the miners that as they advanced towards the centre and at great distance from the entrance the two strata of marble which enclose the mica approach each other till at last they join and there is the most chance of finding the emeralds where the rocks form separate hills i observed that the veins of marble and the mica take their course towards the centre and by the distance they run inward from the entrance it appears to me that the place where the emeralds are found must be pretty near the centre of the hill 
i mean under the highest point of that elevation which distinguishes one hill from another i was not fortunate enough to see any emeralds as these people had not met with any in all their researches indeed their leader showed us some few specimens of a very inferior kind and what was found till that period was only the matrix he was determined however to persevere and i heard some months after that he had succeeded in finding some but in small quantity i believe too they are of a secondary quality by what i have seen of them the people who live there are in a dreadful situation the nearest habitation is on the nile which cannot be reached in less than seven days by a caravan they depend entirely on the supply of provisions sent them from esne which is sometimes very scanty though only bread rice and lentils and according to their account it happens very often that their supply is delayed merely by the negligence of the purveyors who are directed to furnish them with it besides they have another source of apprehension they consider and with good reason that the abade are not pleased to see them in the deserts and much less since some of the miners behaved very brutally to them surprising them in their tents and insulting their women as before stated and they were alarmed for the consequences their great fear was that the abade would assail the caravan of provision on its way from the nile for as they had no stock with them before another supply could arrive which would require at least fourteen days they would all perish with hunger these considerations rendered the people unwilling to work and the operations were going on very slowly when we were there having procured an old man from among the natives to guide us to the ruins of the anticipated berenice we sought all the information we could from the people and some of the miners who had been at the very place when m caliud was there their account of it indeed was not in conformity with that of m caliud but we considered that these people went only in search of mines and little regarded the beauties of ancient architecture or the magnificence of edifices which according to our expectations must be stupendous at least we prepared for our departure on the next morning the first of october and when we had gone about half a mile we perceived that we were without our guides both he who had brought us from the nile and the old man who was to conduct us all over the country to see the town and other places were missing we were consequently obliged to return in search of them and found them hidden behind a rock conversing secretly with each other they professed to have been in search of a sheep which was stolen in the night and we had nothing else to live upon but as they said they could not find it we set off for the so much desired ancient city of berenice our road was now among the high rocks and in very narrow valleys but in which there were a great number of trees sometimes the mountains diverged into wide circles one or two miles wide in such places the wood is abundant and it is from these that the miners get the timber for their use the most common plants among them are the sunt and the usual thorn on the ground among the sandy spots i observed the coloquintada and other shrubs our directions was toward the southwest and gradually to the west till we reached the south side of the mountain of zubara which is the highest of the emerald mountains 
here we were led by the old man in various directions through wild and craggy places for seven hours he told us the place we wanted to see was near but we had a high pass to go over the mountain named araya we continued our journey and ascended a kind of gully at the side of which was something like an ancient road or rather path on the summit of the mountain above we observed a large wall so situated that it appeared to look over the path on both sides of the mountain when we reached the top of the road our camels were exhausted some of them had fallen on the way and were unloaded to enable them to ascend and the strongest camels had to return to fetch the loads of the others i never saw the camels suffer so much on any occasion as on this a steep and craggy road over a mountain is no more adapted to a camel than the deep sand of the desert to a horse from this summit we began to look out for the desired berenice but alas in vain our imagination was so raised by the account of m caliud that i for my part expected to distinguish the town by the lofty columns and architecture of some magnificent edifice or the remains of some high tower which was to serve me as a guide to the spot to which i intended to run on the first view of it mr beechey was not less anxious than myself and in equal expectation of grandeur we had made our arrangements how to proceed when we arrived we considered that as our provision was scanty we could stop there but a few days and we had already distributed our time accordingly he was to take the drawings of all the beautiful edifices monuments figures paintings if any sculptures statues columns and so forth i was to run all over the vast ruins like a pointer as fast as i could to observe where anything was to be found or discovered to take measures of all the beautiful monuments and plans of every stone in that great city such was our imagination now to the fact from the summit where we now were i expected to have a distant view not only of the sea but of a wide plain as it was natural to suppose that a town like pompeii could not have been built among these savage mountains without one foot of cultivated land about it the non-appearance of any wide space i attributed to the situation where we were and presumed that we should be agreeably surprised on turning some of the rocks before us so that my expectation was not diminished in the least on our descent the old man told us that we should soon see the ballet he had already said that previous to our reaching the town we should see some grottoes in the mountains which according to our quixotic imagination we concluded were the tombs of the inhabitants of that vast city we advanced insensibly i continually keeping my eyes on the points of some rocks which stood before me with the expectation that on turning the next angle i should have the glorious sight and indeed the scattered and ruined walls of some ancient enclosures announced to us that we should soon see some habitation i observed a square hole in the rock which had evidently been cut by some of the miners in the form of a chapel as before mentioned see plate thirty three number seven i now began to congratulate myself that we had nearly arrived and while i was thus thinking all at once the old man who was at the head serving us as a guide made a sign to halt 
the drivers gave the signal to the camels and the camels who were already exhausted by passing over the mountains did not wait for its repetition but with all the baggage were quickly crouched on the ground before i could perceive the reason why i told the drivers that we did not intend to stop there but would advance farther into the town where the houses were to be seen when to our no small astonishment we were told by the old man that this was the place where the other christian was before i must confess that my stupidity would not allow me at once to conjecture that the report of m caliud could be so exaggerated as to lead us to suppose we should find another pompeii instead of the place at which we had just arrived and reproached the old man for his stopping there and not advancing to the town which according to his own account could not be far off he again protested that this was the place and that there was no other with houses in any part of these deserts or mountains i was still deeper in perplexity and continued to urge him to take us farther as to mr beechey he was in the same predicament as myself resolved not to submit to what i thought the imposition of the old man any longer as it now wanted four hours to sunset i mounted my camel again which would much rather have remained where he was than have gone in search of old berenice i set off immediately mr beechey did the same and consequently all the rest of the caravan followed at a distance we entered a long valley which ran toward the south and filled with the hopes of seeing the said berenice on turning every corner of the valley in succession we went on incessantly for four hours till it was nearly dark without perceiving the smallest appearance of any habitation at last we reached another valley more spacious and covered with the trees which the abade call egle and other plants the valley runs from south-east to north-west and having lost all hopes of finding berenice that night we halted to rest under a beautiful rock on a clean bed of sand instead of sleeping among the magnificent temples of the great city by this time we were without water and though in the proximity of a great town according to m caliud no water could be had at less than fifteen miles distance the camels though more than tired were obliged to set off immediately to the spring not only to drink themselves but to fetch water for us as we were much in want many were the conjectures we made on the cause that could induce the old man not to show us the place described by m caliud i sometimes fancied that our drivers had received instructions from the leader of the miners when we met him at the nile that we might not see any of the mines in or near the town of berenice but on the other hand we could not believe that the drivers would all with one consent deceive us merely to oblige a man who had no influence over them thus we did not know what to think our provision at this time began to make us cautious we had biscuit for twenty days yet but the loss of the sheep in the mountain made it worse our little stock of water also was quite putrid still we were easily satisfied so that we did but reach the desired emporium of the commerce formerly carried on by the nations of europe with india but alas this much sought-for town vanished or rather never appeared like the desired island of the squire of the astonishing champion of la mancha 
we contented ourselves with biscuit and a piece of mutton killed three days before which by the by gave me reason to congratulate myself on not possessing the sense of smell early in the morning of the second we perceived a high mountain on the southeast of the valley about four or five miles distant the valley we were told was named wadi el gamal it was quite full of that beautiful tree the egli and as we had to wait the return of the camels i thought we might ascend the mountain to have a view of the country or of the remains of berenice accordingly we set off and on our way observed several flocks of antelopes from which we were in hopes to obtain a repast for our empty stomachs but with all our caution we never could get near enough to shoot at them they were pretty fat and we were extremely hungry but for all this we were not able to approach them the valley continued very beautiful adorned with several groves of suvaro and debo trees in addition to a profusion of the egli the rocks on each side afforded many pleasing recesses to admit the traveller to rest and solitude perhaps no one had been in this valley for many centuries and very likely no one will pass through it for many more to come on our reaching the summit of the mountain we took a view to all around we had the map of the coast of the red sea by d'anville and a small perspective glass the peak on which we stood commanded a prospect of many miles all around but no place was to be seen where the city could have stood all that we saw was the summits of other lower mountains and at last we began to be persuaded that no such town existed and that monsieur caliud had seen the great city only in his own imagination it was rather provoking to have taken such a journey in consequence of such a fabricated description and i hope this circumstance will serve as a warning to travellers to take care to what reports they listen and from whom they receive their information from the accounts of persons who were so given to exaggeration you cannot venture on a journey without running the risk of being led astray and disappointed as we were in our search after the said town with its eight hundred houses and much like pompeii having observed all the adjacent country and the mountains near us i took a distant view where the opening between the mountains permitted and observed that the valley from which we ascended the mountain continued its course toward the east and it appeared by the gullies that the water of the rainy season discharged itself in that direction on the southeast i saw some high mountains which we were told by the old man who had followed us all the way were near the sea taking a minute view in that direction on the northeast from the place where we stood i perceived the motion of the water under the sun at a great distance and we concluded that the valley must conduct us to the sea-coast accordingly we made up our minds to pursue that course and as we had been disappointed in seeing the extensive ruins of berenice we proposed to ourselves to try whether we could reach the spot where d'anville lays down the berenice troglodyticia we therefore descended the mountain and returned to the place where we had passed the preceding night to wait the return of the camels with a fresh supply of water of which we had so little by this time that a single zembevi a leathern bag containing nearly three quarts only remained our thirst was great and we felt in some degree the dreadful calamity of being in a desert without water 
hunger is painful to endure but thirst is by far more intolerable we often hear to what extremities a man can be reduced by hunger because water is always at hand but if this element were to be deficient we should see still more dreadful effects at last three hours after the camels appeared in sight at the head of the valley on the west and we rejoiced much at their arrival the poor drivers were excessively fatigued but we had no time to lose in debates when we told them that we intended to go farther on to the south they were all in consternation and we had much ado to persuade them to agree to it indeed it was not without promises and threats that we prevailed on them at length we set off towards the sea in the northeast direction after travelling six hours we arrived in a valley the rocks on each side of which were nearly perpendicular they were composed of calcareous stone intermixed with strata of white marble as well as of red granite during this time we proceeded without knowing in the least where our journey would end our only hope arising from the sight i had of the sea in the morning at sunset we came to a place where there was an opening in the mountains not unlike a breach it is called by the abade shurm al kamal the rent of the camels and appears as if the rocks had been separated by art for each side is so perpendicular that it might be supposed to have been cut for the purpose of making a way through it after we had passed this we entered a more spacious valley the hills were small and the sandy banks made us expect to reach the sea every moment we went on till a late hour and at last halted on a spot where we thought the sand would afford us a pretty comfortable bed fortunate for me that it was so for the camel was so weary that no sooner did we reach the sand than supposing i intended to go still farther he completely threw me off his back left me there saddle and all and without delay set out to feed among the thorns mr beechey and myself anxious for the result of our journey and in hopes of seeing the sea which we thought not far off walked to the summit of one of the small hills but on reaching it we could scarcely perceive any distant object as it was nearly dark i was fully convinced of the non-existence of the imaginary berenice and felt the necessity of being on friendly terms with our guides who i found were pretty correct in the information they had given to us but no one could have supposed that a man who found only a few desolate ruins of the miserable residence of poor miners could fabricate a report that he had discovered the city of berenice the emporium of the commerce between india africa and europe early on the next day we resumed our journey the valley still continued in the same direction but to my amazement the hills instead of diminishing increased in size which made us fearful that we were yet far from the sea at length about noon the valley opened all at once and at the distance of five miles we saw the arabian gulf the sight of an open horizon after the contracted view of a long and narrow valley was much welcomed by us on our reaching the shore we plunged into the sea like the crocodiles into the nile and found that a bath after a long journey was very refreshing we had no time to lose as our biscuit as we calculated would last only seventeen days and not an hour longer 
directly opposite us we saw the island of jamba it appeared at first sight only a sand-bank but on narrower inspection we perceived that it had some high rocks on the south side it was pretty high in the centre and gradually sloped toward the north the abade call it gazira al gimal i suppose because it is just before the valley of this name all the shore as far as we could see was composed of a mass of petrifactions of various kind i do not know whether i give the right name to this sort of composition but it is a mixture of seaweeds madrepores corals roots and shells of many sorts all formed into a solid mass like a rock which extends from the bank of sand that forms the boundary of the tide and runs into the sea for a great length in some places there are beds of sand but there is not a spot anywhere for a boat to land without the risk of being staved against the rock we now resolved without loss of time to take the road toward the south along the coast as far as till we might suppose we had passed the spot where our maps placed the ruins of berenice which according to d'anville who is considered as best skilled in ancient geography is immediately after the cape lepte extrema a little beyond the twenty-fourth degree of latitude we communicated our intention to our drivers who were thunderstruck with fear on hearing such a project they positively refused to accompany us any farther and though we were very urgent with them it was all to little purpose they remonstrated that we ran a great risk our stock of biscuit was very scanty there was no water to be found on that road and we might meet the bizarine whose country we proposed to approach but being determined to proceed in our design we took that method which persuades every one to act even against his own will we told them that we meant to go whether they would or not and that as we were superior in number we would compel them they soon saw that it was in vain to resist and at length it was concluded that the camel should go with two drivers to the nearest spring to take as much water as they could that on their return we should set off to proceed as far as el galahen to which place we made them understand we must go and thence take the road across to the well of running water on a calculation we found that with great economy in using the water we could do very well accordingly on the fourth the camels set off for the well and we had to wait two days till their return during this interval mr beechey and myself made an excursion along the coast toward the north to examine a small bay which we observed in the chart we went along the seashore and on our arrival at the spot where the bay ought to have been we found that it did not exist the coast was everywhere the same with respect to the petrifactions and the plain which extends from the mountains to the sea was covered in many places with woods of sycamore and sile trees which confirms the account of bruce for undoubtedly this must be the place where he landed when he went to visit the emerald mines the distance in a right line from the mines to the sea is about twenty-five miles and it may be thirty or thirty-two by the two valleys which are the only passable roads i do not see any reason why mr bruce's assertion of having visited these mountains should be doubted 
neither the distance he had to walk from the sea nor the danger of falling a victim to the rapacity of the natives are any arguments against it for we have instances enough to prove that he was capable of overcoming greater difficulties than these and i will venture to assert that the only reason why such doubts could have been started as well as many others respecting his work was the spirit of contradiction excited by the illiberality of travellers and those who were no travellers the former because they have not power to resist jealousy which in spite of all their efforts to conceal it shows itself through the veil of their pretended liberality and impartiality and the latter because they are unable to control their bad propensity to dispute and condemn everything that they have no knowledge of in some rocks that lay at the foot of the mountains facing the sea we saw several mines of sulphur but i doubt whether their produce would be advantageous owing to their situation they are near the sea but the conveyance by land to the nile would prevent any benefit from the speculation being persuaded that no vessel could be loaded on that coast we returned to the place where we had left our caravan hunger was not i believe visible on our faces for we contrived to make some repast out of some shell-fish which abound in great quantities along the coast and i cherished the idea that as long as i could find some of them i should not perish the large periwinkles are excellent and when young are very tender and delicious particularly to a hungry man we had some of them which weighed half a pound and part of the tail quite delicate though the white or upper part is rather tough on our return we found that the guide had met with an acquaintance of his who lived by catching fish not far from where we were his only habitation consisted of a tent four feet high and five feet wide and his wife a daughter and a young man her husband formed the whole family we contrived to persuade the old man to go out and fish and though he was living in those deserts he knew the worth of money for he said that there were people among them who went yearly on the nile and purchased dura which they carried on camels all round those deserts and sold it to the inhabitants for which they took in exchange either camels or money consequently we easily persuaded the old fisher to go out and catch fish for us in fact he set off to sea accompanied by his son-in-law their mode of fishing is somewhat strange they throw in the water a part of the trunk of the dumped tree perhaps ten or twelve feet long at each end of which is a piece of wood attached in an horizontal direction so as to prevent the tree from turning round at one of the ends a small pole is stuck upright to serve as a mast on the top of which there is a piece of wood horizontally fastened as that below a woollen shawl thrown over it and fastened at each end and to the piece of wood horizontally fixed below forms a kind of sail and the two fishermen mount on the large trunk as on horseback and by way of cord attached to the middle of the sail take the wind more or less as is required but it is only when the wind blows either from the north or south that such a contrivance can serve for if it blows from the east they cannot set off their boat from the shore or if it blows from the west it will blow them too far out at sea 
when the fishermen are thus at some distance from the shore i do not know by what means the rest of the operation is executed but from what i could see they darted their long thin spear at the fish when they happened to see any and by these means they procured their subsistence on their return they brought us four fish each of about six pounds weight and one foot six inches long they were of a strong blue silvered colour their fins head and tail red and their teeth which are only four are quite flat and out of their mouths they had very large scales and their form not unlike the bene of the nile i am certain the egyptians must have had a knowledge of this fish as it is so clearly seen in their hieroglyphics and in the new tomb of Semethis i saw some painted exactly as they are in reality they are exceedingly good have very few bones and very large galls on the fifth in the morning i ascended a high mountain to view the coast as far as i could and i saw that it ran straight towards the southeast the spot which we occupied is marked number sixteen on the map to which i cannot give a better name than the mouth of wadi el gamal as it is precisely opposite the entrance into the valley of that name i observed also that the southern point of the island of gambe was in a right line with the rising sun at sea and myself it will be seen on the map supposing the place i stood upon to be on the top of the mountain nearest to the above number sixteen by the help of a small compass we contrived to take the direction of the northern coast as far as we had been the day before our maps being so small we did not find them so correct as we wished early on the sixth the camels returned with a load of fresh water and it was well they did so for our thirst was increased not only from the scarcity of water but by the shell-fish which we had found and eaten abundantly an inconvenience which the fishermen had not to contend with being accustomed to the bitter water of a well not so far off we now divided our caravan into two parties we sent all the luggage culinary utensils the soldier my greek servant and the best part of the camels to a spring of running water in the mountains of amuse there to wait until our return for ourselves we took with us as much water as we could and formed a party consisting of mr beechey and myself a greek servant four drivers and the two arabian boys we had brought from gournou with five camels in all End of part twenty